0: up, it's The Rant. My name is Jeff Racklevin. and it is Wednesday, July 1st. July is freaking here. Where the heck did June go? I, I saw a funny tweet by my good friend Pat Thorman on Twitter today basically implying that it's Groundhog's Day, and that's pretty much what it feels like. And I almost, I almost don't know what day it is half the time. Yesterday, I literally thought it was Wednesday most of the day. Today kind of feels like Thursday to me. But anyway, we are in that part of the year for sure. And the team preview series rolls on today. We have the Carolina Panthers on tap and of course the Chicago Bears going in alphabetical order by the uh, first letter of the city. So yeah, logical. Anyway, Carolina Panthers. So let's talk about this team because Hey, the team is very different this year. Just first and foremost, obviously, major coaching change. You know, you have this sort of long regime under Ron Rivera out of the mix. And of course, we'll get to Ron Rivera in Washington down the very last episode of this series. But Matt Rule comes in, a guy who at the college level had. A somewhat meteoric rise. It's not like he just shot up and immediately was in the NFL. He went through the ranks, but uh, of course, always has a special place in my heart because he was at Temple University for a period of time. But obviously, then going to Baylor, having success there, and now getting this gig. A guy who really impressed Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper, and not in the way that you would traditionally think. You know, he comes in and impresses him because. He's, you know, kind of just a guy. You know, he shows up in sweatpants, and that's about that. I actually walked by Matt Rule at one point at the NFL Combine back in February, and he wouldn't have known he was an NFL coach if you didn't know he was an NFL coach just by simply seeing him. That's his vibe. That's who he is. That's Matt Rule. Of course, with Matt Rule, we have Joe Brady, the Wonderkin offensive mind behind LSU's incredible arguably best offensive season in NCAA history. Now he is calling the shots there, and of course he's calling the shots without Cam Newton. It is Teddy Bridgewater who will be under center for this squad, uh, and that's obviously a very big difference from having Cam Newton under center. I mean, what we've seen out of Teddy so far in his career is he's a very low A dot guy. Would not surprise me if he ends up as one of the lowest A dot guys in the league. Dink and Dunk, not a lot of shots downfield, not a lot of upside as a result. I mean, he's sort of you you know, you view him like what is his ceiling? His ceiling is not top ten for me. His ceiling, I don't even think, is top twelve, top top fifteen might even be pushing it. It's kind of like. His, he's like a QB eighteen kind of ceiling, which really doesn't do much for me for fantasy purposes. At the same time, though, when I talk about Dink and Dunk, you know, uh, not necessarily pushing the ball downfield. Well, he he does have a he has a nice set of weapons to do that with, though, because you consider obviously you have Christian McCaffrey, all world consensus number one. And I'll talk about him more in a minute. You have DJ Moore, who can do stuff for you in short and intermediate. You have Curtis Samuel, who, even though he was a high ADOC guy last year, could very well be a low ADOC guy this year in this offense. So, a lot of weapons for Teddy Bridgewater. And I don't expect, you know, Joe Brady to just go out there and throw like a vanilla offense into the mix. I think this is going to be pretty exciting. That being said, outside of two quarterback leagues, I'm not very interested in Teddy Bridgewater. Also note, P.J. Walker, if you played XFL, DFS, or fantasy football at all there, it was fun while it lasted before the the COVID outbreak. But P.J. Walker was on his way to being the MVP of that league. He's technically the backup now, so an exciting guy. And honestly, if Teddy went down... TJ Walker is going to have some, some DFS appeal for sure, and maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Let's just get it out of the way. He's phenomenal. We all know this. He's phenomenal, and the best part about it is there is no competition for touches, like none. Reggie Bonifant, uh Mike Davis, Jordan Scarlett, Alex Arma. These are the guys behind him, they, the team has said we want to we want to reduce his snaps. How how are you going to do that? You're not running Bonifant out there for 30 percent of the snaps. That's the one concern with McCaffrey overuse. That's the one concern. He's a stud, but that's the one concern. Spidey senses maybe a little bit tingling, but not enough for me to say. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to predict injuries. That's that's just silly, uh, but I I am certainly a little concerned about overuse. Uh, let's talk about the wideouts. Hey, DJ Moore last year was a a guy who a lot of folks pegged for a breakout, and over the first month of the season, it did not look like that breakout was going to happen. Fantasy finishes of 37, 15, 33, and then 53. So it was ugly, but you know what? Between weeks five and fifteen, uh, he had a concussion early in week sixteen, so I won't include that, and he missed the finale. But between five and fifteen, so it was a 10-game stretch. They had their bye week in there. He was really solid. Fifth most fantasy points uh at the position, rock solid at a from a per game basis over that stretch, 913 receiving yards. Only Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin had more over that span. So really impressive there for DJ Moore, trending in the right direction, explosive upside, we've seen it, and really it was a stretch of rock solid performances. Uh, Only two finishes outside of the top 30 over that span, two finishes inside the top 10, and the rest were, well, you know, the rest were inside the top 20, so I guess I should say two finishes outside of the top 20. Pretty good. DJ Moore, very, very appealing as a back-end wide receiver, one option. I currently have him ranked at number 10. Now, in terms of projections, he's coming in at number 13. Remember, I'll adjust a little bit from projections to rankings based on, uh, you know, ceiling floor, that sort of stuff, Uh, and, and, you know, a guy like DJ Moore who does have a higher ceiling, even with Teddy Undercenter, he has a higher ceiling I'm gonna, you know, err towards that. So regardless, pretty solid. Now the question is, who's the number two? Because it's a team that did sign Robbie Anderson. Temple connection, by the way. Matt Rule, Robbie Anderson. So they sign him. We know what he was. He was miscast with the Jets. Not a true X. Not a true number one receiver. A field stretcher who honestly has polished up pretty nicely at the pro level. Credit where credit's due. I didn't think he was going to be this good of a pro coming out of Temple, and I loved him at Temple, but I, I just thought he was very one-dimensional. He's certainly shown a little bit more dimension to his game, and I think this is a perfect spot for him because he can do what he does best where you know he won't have to worry about you know really being that number one. DJ Moore will be that number one. Curtis Samuel, though, also here, and, and I think Curtis Samuel in some ways was miscast as a deep threat last year that really wasn't his game at Ohio State, right? He was a hybrid player, running back, wide receiver, so a guy who you really actually want to get the ball to in space in the short and intermediate and let him make-ish happen, right? That's that's Curtis Samuel. So what I end up seeing in most drafts is I do have Robbie Anderson ranked ahead, but not by much, not by much at all. Currently, uh, I have Ando three spots ahead of Curtis Samuel. And what I've noticed is I'm taking Curtis Samuel. If I, let's say it's like round 14, I got my quarterbacks, my two quarterbacks, because remember, I'll go safe and upside. I'll talk more about that as we get into the heart of fantasy draft season when we really are diving deep into strategy. But I got my quarterbacks, I got my tight ends, I've rounded out my running backs because I'm not going to take them late. And I have one more spot before I get into, you know, in leagues where you have kicker and defense and you have to draft them. You know how those leagues go. If I have one more spot left, I am seeing Curtis Samuel widely available there. I'm willing to take a stab on him. It's a dart throw and I'm going to dart throw it upside. That's what I'm going to do. So he's pretty, you know, he's very often available late like that. Uh, Ian Thomas is the tight end. I He's a three for 32 guy. He's a guy who isn't going to catch much volume. I have him projected at 38 catches, uh, 386, and two touchdowns. The two weeks that he scores touchdowns, he'll catch three balls for 32 yards and a touchdown. People will think he is awesome. He will finish as a top 10 fantasy option at the position, very likely in those weeks. But the rest of the weeks where he catches two or three balls for 20 or 30 yards, everybody's going to think that he isn't a very good fantasy asset. What he is is a normal tight end. That's really what he is. There's a potential ceiling there for Dynasty. I still like him in Dynasty, but in season long, he's not in the mix outside of maybe a matchup type play. If there's like, remember Arizona last year, every tight end could score on him. If there's an Arizona this year and Carolina happens to face them like a beautiful matchup, then sure, we'll hammer that matchup. But otherwise, we're not really looking at him. All right, let's move on to the Chicago Bears. And oh boy, Mitchell Trubisky. (laughs) That was not pretty last year. And it ultimately may end up that Trubisky is not long for this job. Now, as of this recording, I mean, hey, it's the beginning of July. We don't know for sure if Nick Foles is going to take over, but I don't see a team like the Bears signing Foles to be a backup. You know, if it was, say, I don't know, Green Bay, you know, obviously they drafted Jordan Love, but this happened before the draft. Like, say Green Bay signed Nick Foles, you're like, oh yeah, he's a backup. <laughs> you know, the team is showing us flat out here, they view him as a backup because he ain't starting ahead hit Aaron Rodgers. Ain't gonna happen. Whereas with Trubisky, a team with Trubisky under center, they sign a guy like Nick Foles, you're like, oh, he could start he could really start. You know, didn't work in Jacksonville. We didn't see Gardner Minshew coming. I don't think the Jags even saw Gardner Minshew coming, but it could work in Chicago. It could very well work in Chicago. And, you know, speaking of Jacksonville, former Jacksonville players, Allen Robinson, I mean, he's coming off this phenomenal year last year where the guy goes, you know, he was going outside of the top 30 at the position. His ADP was the number thirty-one wide receiver. That was a seventh-round pick in twelve-team leagues last year. That screams absolute value because he ends up finishing as the number seven receiver. He has five top ten fantasy weeks, uh, and and did most of that when it counts. Now, granted, he didn't put up decent numbers in week sixteen, and I know maybe maybe you might remember that, but uh, he did he did have some good weeks down the stretch. Week twelve, week thirteen, week fourteen, all top 10. He was 14th in week 15, so really solid production, over a 1,000 yards, but the big one, the kicker for me, 98 catches. I mean, that is an enormous number right there, 150 plus targets. I mean, what else can you say about him? He's a phenomenal football player, and the beauty to Allen Robinson, I'll give credit to my my, uh, colleague, Brad Evans, He's pointed out as a Bears fan that Allen Robinson has done this with Mitchell Trubisky. He's also done it with Blake Bortles. I mean, has Allen Robinson ever had a good, not even a great, a good quarterback? No, he hasn't. And this year, if he gets Foles, I mean, I'm not a Foles guy. I don't think Foles is anything more than a very, very, very low-end starter. He won a Super Bowl. I know Eagles fans. You love him the day you die for for that, and and I can't blame you. I can't blame you, but he's a low-end starting quarterback at best, or a high-end backup quarterback. That's what he is, but he'll still probably be the best quarterback Allen Robinson has played with in his career if he gets the job. Now, the thing about Robinson is he is being slightly undervalued in fantasy drafts right now, and I'm not saying undervalued in terms of where he's going at the position. He's going as the number 11 wide receiver, but the beauty is the number 11 wide receiver you can you can get in the late third round. He's going 35th overall. Sign me up for that. Sign me up. Everybody going running back heavy early. It creates this just beautiful value situation at wide receiver where you can scoop good players. In this case, maybe even as far, as much as a round later than you probably should. So I like that a lot. Now again, the number two receiver here, I mean, hey, it's not a mystery. It's not like uh, you know, like Carolina or a debate. I should say not a mystery, but a debate because it's Anthony Miller. I mean, you have Ted Ginn Jr. there. We know what Ted Ginn Jr. is. You know, total one trick pony at this point in his career. He's had a pretty darn long career, though. But Anthony Miller really started to gain momentum down the stretch last year. He's kind of been a bit of a fantasy tease so far in his career. I loved him coming into the league. He was so athletic at the college level. Had some elements to his game that reminded me of Odell Beckham Jr. He I, he wasn't Odell Beckham Jr. of course, but some elements like a similar type player and We really didn't see much of that throughout most of the first year and a half of his career. Now, granted, he was basically banged up for pretty much all of his rookie season, but then last year down the stretch, he did have two top 10 fantasy finishes, and this is you know, playing with Allen Robinson on the field, playing with the quarterback situation there. Year three for him still has just as much upside, and he's a late-round guy. He's a guy who will probably be on the board in round 11 you know, may even be around a little bit later, and again, value at wide receiver, you could do a whole lot worse than Anthony Miller at that point, uh, Jimmy Graham, no thanks, the team did draft Cole Komet, it, it takes tight ends a long time to to really round into shape in the NFL, there's a steep learning curve, I think Komet has some, some Austin Hooper to his game, a little bit, I mean, I really didn't get to see a lot of him at Notre Dame, I think, you know, a lot of people are actually surprised he, he entered the draft this year, but hey, for the future, sure, but not not in year one. And there's no appeal to Jimmy Graham for me. So let's talk about this running back situation. I really like David Montgomery, and I know that people are going to look to last year and they're going to immediately poo-poo that that notion. I think we should give him a little bit longer of a leash than just one season in the NFL. And you know, for me, by the way, I I don't know if we. Can just simply say it was one thing or another that really hurt his production. I mean, I have heard some people talk about the offensive line. The offensive line wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible in terms of creating space for him. He wasn't particularly effective on his own at creating, independent of his blocking, 2.3 yards after contact per attempt. Not that good in the pro level. I want to see that number a lot closer to three or above uh, for me to be happy but that's not to say that he can't be effective this year. We have seen running backs take a step forward in year two, and the nice thing is he got a big vote of confidence from this team because they did not address the position in the offseason really for the most part. There's no competition for him in early downs, right? Ryan Null. I still have like one share of Ryan Null in like deep dynasty leagues, but no, no competition there. The competition obviously comes in passing downs, and when you have a guy like Tariq Cohen on the squad, a guy who could potentially see 75, 80, 85, 90, how many targets? I mean, I right now have him have projected at 80 targets, which last season he saw over 100 targets. He saw over 80 targets the year before. So I'm a little light, if anything. But when you have a guy like him on the field, you just simply cannot be a bell cow. In today's NFL. And it's not a knock on David Montgomery whatsoever. I'm not on, you know, in the bash David Montgomery club. It's just you can't be a true three down back if you have one of these passing down specialists. And there aren't a ton of them in the league, but you have some of these guys who are gonna do pretty much nothing. Tariq Cohen had 64 carries last year. They're gonna do, and that's in 16 games. Nothing. In early downs. It's the you know the Darren Sproles types of the world. James White, Naeem Hines, Tariq Cohen. If you have these guys on the roster, whoever's the early down guy is not going to be a three down back. And it's unfortunate for Montgomery, because I'd love to see him in that role. And I think he is capable of it. He showed it at the college level. But simply put, that is going to put a cap on Montgomery's value. And as such, I mean, I don't think you can view him as anything more than an RB2, a back end RB2, which is basically what he was last year. For all the knocks on him, he was the 24th running back. Eh. <laughs> 10.8 fantasy points per game of PPR. Not that good, but also not terrible, I guess. It's close to terrible. But regardless, I'm not in the bashing club, all right? David Montgomery is going to be hanging around because of last year a little bit longer than he should, and value is still the name of the game. Right now, David Montgomery is going as a 24th running back off the board. You may see that he's still on the board in the fifth round. I have taken him in the fifth round in a recent mock draft, so he could still be there. Now, technically, his ADP is in the fourth round, but it all depends on your league. He's in the around even in the 4th round, I'll take him. In the 5th round, I uh, yeah, that's just value. Even if you don't like David Montgomery, you know, you're taking a shot here that that thing's uh certainly improve in year 2. As for Tariq Cohen, I don't find myself getting a lot of shares of those passing down specialists. The one exception I might I might make an exception for James White this year just because I do buy into Cam peppering him with targets Like he did with uh, Christian McCaffrey, but anyway, we'll get to Cam Newton. We still have a lot more to come on these previews, and uh, coming up on our next episode of the pod, uh, we're we're heading to the AFC North. A little AFC North special here: the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Exotic Burrow. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about Bro Mixon. Let's talk about the wide receivers, and then Cleveland. Oh, can they rebound? from that that uh debacle uh last year that we had can Baker rebound we have back- to-back Heisman trophies tomorrow that's pretty cool can Baker rebound obj Nick Chubb doesn't need a rebound because he's freaking awesome so we'll talk about him Jarvis Austin Hooper it'll be an interesting one hey in the meantime you guys are absolutely crushing it on iTunes for me if you haven't already reviewed the show please do leave a review and a rating. Takes you a couple seconds to do it, and it really helps me out. Uh, the launch has gone tremendous for this podcast. We're really excited about the direction, and the more that we get there, the more we can do on this show, the more I can give you the listener. And that's exactly what I want to do. So uh, please do that. I appreciate it. Also, you can follow along with me on social media at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter and Instagram, and use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right. I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.